Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chafein, Maseches Tainus. Okay, but uh, we fell a little bit behind. We're three lines down in the wide lines on Chafdalim and Bez, and we're talking about a woman whose name was Ifra Hermes. Ifra Hormiz. Who is this famous Ifra Hormiz? Well, she was the mother. Uh, well, Hermes is the name of a demon, uh, according to the Gemara and Baba Basra. Ifra however, means grace. So she had the bewitching beauty of a demon. So she was pretty famous. And she happened to have been the mother of a king. Her king was King Shapur of the Persian Empire of which we spoke yesterday. And he was upset. Let's just say Rava made him upset. So he didn't like the fact that somebody got Malchus under his jurisdiction. And he was going to start up with Rava. So if Rahormiz, his famous mother, gave him advice. And the advice was as follows. Similar to, uh, we're about to learn Meseches Megillah. Similar to the advice that Haman's wife gave him. Uh, you don't want to mess with the Jews. You don't want to have a quarrel with the Jews. Because whatever they ask from their Hashem, he gives them. Right? They have a special connection with Hashem. Whatever they ask for, they get. Right. We're supposed to always look at the things that the anti-Semites say and be inspired by it. Right. Sometimes if we only had, if we only knew how much power and how much of a connection we had to Hashem, we perhaps ourselves would act differently. Right. So but but they they, they see it. Right. Just like Bill, I'm looking upon us. They they see it. That's the Parsha and the Torah where you get to see from the other side. Right. All, all of all of uh, the Torah is from the inside. It's the Jews looking out. But when you get to see from the outside what we look like, sometimes that would give you an idea of how we should behave. Be that as it may, he said that he, his response to his mother was, Amallah, my he, what is it that he gives them? So she said, well, for example, they pray for Rachamim and he gives them rain. So Amallah, that's not, that's not divine intervention. That's called, uh, what do they call weather uh, science? Meteor- meteorology. Thank you, Barry. So he says that, that's called meteorology. No, a true test would be, let's see if they can make it rain in July. Aha. And then we'll see the rains and we'll know that it's divine. So if Rahormiz knows that Rava was a big gadol, he was the Rosh Shiva, and she wanted to save him. She admired him. So she said, Rava, come and show what you could do. So, Kavain Daita Chuvai Rachmei Delesimitra. He said, Rava, come here. Watch, show, 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 the, show him this. Go, concentrate a little bit, do your prayer thing that you do, and watch how it rains now in July. So, Bai Rachmei Delesimitra. So, Rava's, okay, so he davens for Rachmim, and the rain didn't fall. So, Amar Lafanov. So, Rava at this point is having a private conversation with Hashem. And he's saying, Rabbanu Shalalam. Hello. Hashem, with our ears we've heard, and our fathers taught, uh, told us stories. Okay. This is in Tehillim. This is a reference to the miracle. This is a, a reference in Tehillim. Also, what happened in Shmuel Aleph was, Shmuel, as we have already learned, prayed for rain, and the rain came in the summertime. So it was an appropriate Pasuk. So what Rava was saying was quoting an appropriate Pasuk of raining in the summertime, 
It says, basically, listen to me just like you listened to Shmuel in those days. Right? As the Pasuk continues to say, and then he continues to say, In other words, uh, Shmuel got the rain in the summer. We have not been merited to see this. We'd like to see this. So, that worked. Rains came in such great volume that all the Marzavim, right? The Marzavim is the gutters of Tsipori emptied into the Diglas, the Tigris River. Wow, that's a lot of rain indeed. Also, it's Chazalei Bechelme. At that point, so this worked. Now, that night, uh, Rava's father appeared to him in his dream. The Amalei, Mi Ika Dimitrach Kamesh Mayukulai. He says, Are you sure you didn't get carried away? That you, and we've seen this already. We saw it today, uh, yesterday. You know, asking Hashem for these favors, you have to be careful because He'll do it for you, but it's like putting Him out, Kaviachal. It's a funny concept, right? Because Hashem could do everything always, but it is almost like taking uh, for granted that Hashem will do things for you, okay? So he says, uh, really, do you have to um, really put Hashem, at, take Hashem, hey Max, take Hashem so much, uh, uh, make such an imposition on him? So his father said to him, changing a sleeping place, because apparently uh, when you get a gazera of something that could happen to you, it's place-related. Right? And therefore, Shani Duchte, he changed his place, Rava did. Next day, he saw his bed is all marked up with knives. That's a fascinating thing that the lashes, that the demons have the power, according to Marsha, to, to harm you, but only in a certain place. It's like we see with uh, Yaakov's angels. So the rules of angel code is that you can only have that opportunity to do it in a specific place. Don't worry, Max, you're not yet on Chafei, so you haven't missed any of today's daf. We're on Rav Papa Gazar, which is about halfway down the fat lines on Chafdalazam and Bez. So Rav Papa Gazar Tainisa. More, more questions about decreeing a fast. Rav Papa Gazar Tainisa. Velo and the rains didn't come. Chalashlibe, he became upset. Sraf Pinka de Daisa. Now, we've seen in other contexts, um, Rav Papa was a Baal Beten, as the Gemara says, right? Rav Papa was... Um, was, was, was a large man, and it's just an interesting story. He became faint because he was trying to fast, but he wasn't used to fasting a lot, if you looked at him, and sraf pin so he had a little bit of cereal because he started feeling faint from fasting. Uvoy mitra, and he, but he continued to daven, right? He had the Hasidic, um, he had this thing where, um, where he had a little, a little bit of cake and schnapps before davening, and then, maybe not schnapps. We're not going to get into that sugi and mesechel brachos now, because we're behind. But be that as it may, pray, this is not before davening, this is after davening, it's a whole different sugi. But anyways, point is, he started eating some, uh, some cereal, daven didn't work. So I'm going to Rav Nachman Bar Ushpasti. Rav Nachman Bar Ushpasti made fun of Rav Papa as follows. He says, Maybe have another bowl of cereal, and then the rains will come. <laughs> so he was needling him, right? He's trash talking. He's saying, like, that's really how you fast for the rain? So, but that actually worked. Why? Because Ichsif, for Papa, got embarrassed. Oh, then Chalash And as we see, when you really become ashamed and dejected, Vasa that usually works. And that, sure enough, worked. The rain came. Not by virtue of Papa's davening, per se, but because he was embarrassed, so then the rains came. Okay. Another story, Rav Chanina ben Doisa. We're, we're going to have a bunch of stories of Rav, the famous Rav Chanina ben Doisa as follows. Rav Chanina ben Doisa, he was walking on the road. 
When the rains came, he was a big tzaddik. And part of being a tzaddik, Max, is thinking about others. Like Barry knew that Andrew wasn't here today. Hi, Andrew, we miss you terribly. So Barry, for all we, so he came on Andrew time. Normally we all like to come at 5.35. Barry was, must have been here on Andrew time, which is like 3.30, because he felt like he's Melama Makam. So he's always thinking of others. So this is Rav Hanina. It's raining, that's a good thing, right? Um, but here, this does not seem like it's such a selfless act. Um, he said, So far he's saying, it's great that it's raining, it's great for the whole rest of the world, but I'm actually uh, walking in the rain and I'm in Tsar. So Pasuk Mitra, so then the rain stopped. So when you reach his house, So now he says, well, that was good for me, but the rest of the world is in distress. So the rain came back. So I guess when he was on the road, he was focused on the fact that it was raining and he was Bitsar, but then later he didn't forget the rest of the world, and he said, you know what, it should rain again, and sure enough, the rain, uh, the rain went down. We'll see, Rechanin Bezosa was a big tzaddik, we'll tell more stories. Rabbi Yosef said, with regards to Rechanina, as follows, Amar Rabbi Yosef, my ahanyelet selosa the coin gadol, gabi Rabbi Rechanin Bezosa. Even the prayer of the coin gadol did not measure up to the power of the prayer of Rechanin Bezosa, the Tanan, because we learned in the mission in Yuma, we already learned this, that the Kohen Gadol used to pray a little davening, a little prayer in the Bais Hachitzon. And Ma Matzle, what was this prayer that he said in the Bais Hachitzon? So he said, right, that was in um, in the Heichal. So Ravin Barada, Rav Barada, the Ami Tavayim Mishmei, the Rav Yehuda, the two brothers, uh, Rav Ada's uh, children, Rava and Ravin, they said in the name of Yehuda, Yiratzon Fenech Hashem Lakinu Shetei Hazot. Geshuma Ushchuna. Uh, you might recall this from Masechus Yuma. They used to daven that the year should be rainy and hot. And as we asked over there, we asked now, Shchuna Me'ayasahi, is it good that it should be hot? Why are we asking for a hot year? So, Adarabo, Griyosahi, it's not great to have hot. Usually when it's hot in Israel, it's not raining. Uh, Ella, and it's also, it's not great for the crops. Ella, no, it means like this. Im Shchuna Geshuma Tlula. Yeah, if it's going to be hot, let it at least be wet, right? Rainy and dewy, tlula, filled with tal, in order to counteract that, right, the desiccation of the heat. And furthermore, the Koran Gadol asked that the tefillas over drachim should not be permitted because the tefillas over drachim, they are traveling and they don't want it to rain when they're traveling, but you don't listen to them because the larger, right, utilitarianism, the larger good is for there to be rain because we need to, there to be crops. It's really the minority that are traveling and they are davening. We see from here, as we said then, the power of davening. <laughs> davening is so powerful that we have to be concerned that if people are traveling and are davening for it not to rain, it could actually have an effect on the meteorology of the uh, world. Okay. Anyway, so Ravachabari, the Rav Messiah, Mishmeh, of Yehuda, Lo Yadi, Avid Shultan, Midbe Yehuda. And Ravacha. Ben Ravah said in the name of Yehuda that, the, that this was the conclusion of the Kohen Gadol's prayer, that what? That also that the rulership shouldn't, shouldn't leave the house of Yehuda. Uh, this is talking about not, um, this is not talking about the Israeli rulership because that was a whole different thing because that is already um, when the Chashmonaim, right, Dafyomi coincidence, were ruling the Bayes Sheni, right, and therefore we didn't have any of uh the Davidic line in our, um, 
ruling us, so it had to be talking about the Babylonians, Reish Kalusa. Be that as it may, you're saying that it shouldn't leave Beis Yehuda, but, you know, the hope is eventually when you go into Eretz Yisrael, the Beis Yehuda, Machos Beis Yehuda will be restored. Value Amcha Yisrael, Shrikhal Yisparnas Demizah, Velola Amacher. And finally, that we should all be able to be self-sufficient, and the Kalal Yisrael shouldn't have to receive right, uh, sustenance from one another in the form of tzedakah, and certainly not from other nations. So that was the end of the tefillah of the Kohen Gadol. Now, why, now the whole statement was of Hanin Bendosa's tefillah was even greater. How so? Amar Yehud, Amar Rav, Bechol Yom, uh, oh, no, so that was it. In other words, that illustrated it. Because in, in the, um, in the prayers of Hanin Bendosa, he could just kind of turn on and off the reins like a faucet, right? And here, this was more elaborate. And you'll see that Hanin Mendoza was, in fact, the, the Hashem was very focused uh, on this tzaddik, as follows. I'm reviewed, I'm a rab. Isn't it that it overruled? It overruled the reign? Say, say, when he said the prayer. You mean the Kohen Gadol saying it was raining? And, and he trumped that? So, Hanin Mendoza said, I don't care what the Kohen Gadol says. Oh, right, exactly. So Max is saying like this. When the Kohen Gadol, right, so this is, that's probably what the Gemara means. The Kohen Gadol set up like the policy for rain for the whole, uh, for the whole world, right? Because it's sort of like a general prayer for there should be rain and then there shouldn't be rain. And then on top of that, on an individual level, what trumps that general rule of the rain is the comings and goings of Chanina Medosa, right? That's even more important than what affects the whole rest of the world. And so we see that his individual prayer is even more powerful because it overpowers that grain pattern that had already been set by the tefillah of the Kohen Gadol. I see. Okay, very good. Thanks, Max. Okay, as we'll see, now it's even more than that. Because right now we're saying it seems like Hanin Mendoza uh, is having this individual, right, Ashkacha uh, practice, if you will. But now we're going to see that the rest of the world is, in fact, going to be judged by the uh, needs for Hanin Mendoza, as we'll see. Right? That a, a basco comes out every day. The power of Hanina Medosa is so strong that the whole world receives sustenance based on him. He doesn't care. He's not really looking for, for, for big sustenance. He, just, he doesn't even eat bread. He just eats a cup of, of carobs uh, all week long. Right? So, but what's the, so let's talk about a story regarding this as follows. This is not just to him, it's his wife. His wife was also a big tzaddikist. She was in the habit. They were so poor, Max, that they had no bread, they had no nothing. They just had figs. But Erev Shabbos is Erev Shabbos. We've already seen there is a mitzvah, you learn from this Gemara, there's a mitzvah to bake challah on Erev Shabbos. So his wife used to heat the oven, however, without any bread, and throw some smoke-causing substance to create the effect as if she's baking challah. So now we're at 5.52, and we finally arrived at Chafeim at Aleph. We really took advantage of Andrew's absence. I feel bad. Okay, but now we're going to turn on the afterburners. Here we go. As follows. Why did she put in the smoke? It's a crazy thing. Mishum Kisufa. She was embarrassed. Right? As Rashi says, Wow. All the neighbors are baking for challah, challah for Shabbos, which is better than store-bought. And she's not, she doesn't have the money to do so, but she's embarrassed, so she's putting in as if she's doing it. She had this horrible neighbor. And, and the neighbor said, let's see. 
I know that people have nothing, that these people don't have anything. So how is it that she's baking? It can't be. My Kulehai. What's making all this smoke? What's going on here? So she goes and knocks on the door. Rukhina's wife is immediately embarrassed because she knows like she's going to open up. She's going to see a bunch of smoke and no challah. So she went into the inner chamber. And a miracle happened. All of a sudden, when the neighbor comes in, she sees an oven full of bread. So you see, Chanin Mendoza's wife was also a big tzaddikis, and these miracles, supernatural things are happening for her, her as well. So now what's going on? Also, she sees a kneading trough, and it's filled with dough. So Amrullah, the neighbor says to her, Planisa, 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 another way of saying, Hey lady, I see Masa de Kacharich Lachmech, right? Like Plony, like random lady. I see Masa de Kacharich Lachmech. Wow, your your uh, bread is going to get burnt. Go bring a baker's shovel. So Amrullah, Afanallah Hachiyali. Yeah, I was for that reason. I went into the inner chamber. So we think that it wasn't for that reason. It was because she was embarrassed. But now she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I went into the inner chamber. It was getting burnt. I was going to get the baker's shovel. Okay, but Atana taught Tana Afila Havi Mardenichnasa. Oh no, she was so certain of the miracle and the providence of Hashem that is in fact why she went into the inner chamber. Because she knew that because the person knocked on the door, Hashem would make a miracle for her. Right? Because she, she was used to Hashem hooking her up whenever she needed something. Wow. Okay. So this couple was really a power couple of tzaddikim. You know, the seminaries go and bring them around to talk to them. So now a, a, a following story between these two tzaddikim. The wife says to the husband, Right to her husband of Chanina Mendoza. Adei must nasally start kolehai. How much longer are we going to be poor like this? So Amarlah, my novid, what do you want me to do? She said, "Well, you could daven, right? I could get a uh, if I could get an oven full of bread. Maybe I can get some money." So he says, "Okay, buy rachme." He says, "Okay, dear, he davens v'yatsta kimin pisas yad." And something like a hand came out of heaven, and he gets like a giant thing that looks like the leg of a table and the whole thing's solid gold. That's very, it's a lot of money. And then he said to her, you know what? I saw in a dream, in the future, in Olam Haba, I see tzaddikim, they're standing around tables. The East Lake Las Kari, and those tables have three-legged tables. But you're eating at a table that only has two legs. So she said to him, wait, is that, are you content with that? That everyone else is eating at a complete three-legged table, but then I'm toured the mixer, and we're sitting at a defective two-legged table. You know, two-legged tables don't even stand that well. Okay. So I'm relayed. So she said to him, so what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? So maybe you should daven that it should take away this leg and it should go back to Shemaim. It was obvious to them that this third leg had come at the expense of the golden table leg that they received, uh, right, in compensation, <laughs> that came out of a hand from the sky, so to speak, from the heavens in compensation, uh, when they prayed. So, so he davened again with Shaklu. They took it back. Tana, and on this, they said, that taking the leg back to Shemaim was an even bigger miracle than bringing the leg down. To Gemiri, because we have a tradition, to me of Yavi, that, yeah, stuff can come from heaven. We get stuff from heaven all the time. But Mishka Lashakli, have you ever heard of heaven taking something back? Wow. Usually it's no backsies when you get something from heaven. And here, 
they haven't, they, they were, there's a, such a strong connection between them and Hashem that they were able to even return, make returns. Okay. Chad Bei Shimshi. Another story of Hanin Ben Dosa. So, one night, it was like Bein Hashemashos on Friday night. And Chazi Labarta Deva Tzivan, and he saw, so they had a child, he saw his daughter sad. Amar La, Biti, Labarta Tzivan, why are you sad, my dear? Amar La, she accidentally put vinegar instead of oil in the leichte, and she's afraid it's not going to burn for Shabbos. She's not going to have near Shabbos, right? So Amar La Biti My daughter, what's the difference? What you put in there? Right? It's just like Hashem created science, so to speak, so that. The oil is supposed to be what uh, burns. He can make the vinegar burn just as well. Dafyomi coincidence off by one day, right? We could say that the one of the ans- one of the five hundred answers as to why Hanukkah is eight nights. I the shemen burnt the first night. Says who said the shemen should burn? That's also a miracle. Just like vinegar can burn or shemen can burn, everything is biad Hashem. Satana, I, I think that's a famous person's answer. I forgot. I think it's the base of Levi. Don't quote me on that, please. I, I don't remember. Tana, Hayadolik Veholach Kolayom Kulo, the lamp continued and the entire day, and sure enough, <laughs> when you have that attitude, Max, that everything comes from Hashem, so Hashem likes to, right, likes to encourage that attitude. And so that particular Shabbos, the Leichter burnt longer than ever before, all the way through Avdala. They had to make a separate flame for Avdala because he's not supposed to use the flame for Nate. When, when, uh, possibly you're supposed to use natural causes. Uh, in that particular case, she had no choice but to use, uh, right, because it was already Shabbos. She couldn't relight it in the, in the case of the nearest Shabbos. But for Havdalah, they lit another one. But if they wanted to, they could have used that flame because it was still burning bright. Good. Another story. All right. He had some goats. We're going to see how he managed to have goats. I thought he was poor, so we'll see. All right. So he had goats. Armulay come off Sudan. So people were complaining, neighbors were saying that the goats are damaging our fields. So Amar, Ikam Afsadan, Nikhleinu Dubi. He says, are you kidding me? If it's true that they're damaging other people's fields, then the bears should eat them. Be low. Some say it was wolves. Be that as it may. If it's not true, then you know what? A miracle will happen to indicate the fact that they're not damaging fields. After, after all, Rukhim Badosu was very careful about this. And he said, It's going to be this crazy thing where you see the goats bringing home bears or wolves in their horns. A miraculous thing. Sure enough, That night, every single goat had like a bear or a wolf in its horns in a miraculous fashion to show that they had not damaged anyone's fields. And so once you see that, those neighbors could no longer complain. Okay, now another miracle. He had a certain, again, an annoying woman neighbor, the Kabanya Besa, and he, she, she was doing construction. But the beams didn't reach from wall to wall, so the construction didn't go so well. So she comes to Rav Hanina, and she asks him, right, she wasn't harassing him or anything like that. She just goes to her miraculous tzaddik neighbor, and she says, look at this. The, the, the architect didn't do a good job, and now my beams don't reach the walls. So I'm like, Mashmech. So he said, What's your name? So I'm like, Aiku. Her name was Aiku. So I'm like, Aiku Nimtu Kishuraich. He used her name, he said, May your beams reach, right, the wall from wall to wall. Just said it. Tana, and it was taught 
that Higiyu Achiyatsu Amalchan Amalchan. The beams elongated, not only they, did they reach the walls, but they protruded an am on each side. And some say that it was sections that were added to the edges. Okay, be that as it may, he was able to fix it just with a, with a word. So we see this is an individual who stayed poor, but had all these miracles uh, occur to him. Tanya, we learned in the Bryce of Plima Omer. Plima says, not only that, but it's, I saw it with my own eyes that the beams protruded and I, people told me, you know, I was walked and I saw that house, right? It took him on a walking tour of Rav Hanina Bendosa's community and you see the house with your own eyes say, yeah, that house used to have short beams and Rav Hanina Bendosa, urban legend, right? Davin for it, fine. Now the Gemara just goes back to the previous story and says, wait a minute, I thought he was dirt poor. How did he have goats? Where did he have goats from? He, uh, 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 you know, right? After all, he was an Ani. There's another problem. It's not just that he was an Ani. It's also not allowed in Eretz Yisrael to have goats. What do you mean you're not allowed to have goats in Eretz Yisrael? That's right. You got to look. It's a Mishnah in Baba Kama. It says there that in those days they used to have a Gezeros Chachamim that since goats, you can't really control them, right? Like cows, you could corral them very, very easily and they just stay in their own fields. But goats, they're running around and they could damage other people's fields. You can't really control them in the same way. And therefore, in Chutzlar, it's apparently, it's not as big of a deal. But in Eretz Yisrael, they made a gazera that you can't have the goats. I guess in theory, you could corral them, but it's a special gazera because they can get away. So how is it that Hanin Medosa is having goats? And besides, he's poor. Where are they coming from? So I'm going to finish the following story. One time, a person passed Hanina's house and inadvertently, he He left his chickens at Hanina's house. So, so they were found by Hanina Medosa's wife. And he says to her, you can't eat from the eggs of that chicken. It's not our chicken. Of course, it was the world's most, right, fertile chicken. It's just the whole house is filled with eggs and chickens now. It's annoying. It's just all they hear is eggs and chickens, feathers everywhere, and they don't have room for this stuff, but they can't, they don't know who the guy is. They can't return it, and they can't use it. So it's just sitting there. So they did the following. And they sold it. And they, they sold it and converted it into goats. The guy finally shows up like a couple of years later and he says, oh, I think I left a chicken here once. And so he hears, right, this person as he's passing the house mentioning to his friend, I think I left my chickens here. So Hanina at that point was home. He hears the guy outside and he runs out. Do you have a siman that this was your chicken? He said, yes. I don't know what kind of siman it could have been in the chicken, but he gave a mark to indicate that that was indeed the chicken, but not to Lasaizin. This is here. This is all from yours. And sure enough, he left one chicken there, and now he's got a whole herd of goats. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you leave your chicken accidentally in Rechadina Medosa's house. The Hain Hain, he's at the Isidubi Bikarnail. Well, it was during this, right? Being a Shomer Aveda is an Aveda, right? If you have squirrels, you have to air them out. If you have animals, you have to feed them. It could be, uh, right? You have to do the maintenance on these things. And so those were the izim that uh, were talked about that came back with the Dubi Mikhainai. We see that the neighbors gave him trouble with the izim, but he returned them uh, nonetheless. Okay, nine lines up from the wide. 
More stories. Rabbi Lazar bin Padas, now this is a different, now we're switching from Khanim Dasa to Rabbi Lazar bin Padas. Rabbi Lazar bin Padas, he was exceedingly poor. Okay. Right, by the way, you know, Hashem sometimes will do this, right? He'll give all of these miraculous things to the people who don't care, right? Uh, um, so sometimes it's by virtue of the fact if someone's too hyper-focused, let's say, at something that is not L'Shem um, Shemaim, so Hashem will be like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to give it to you, right? Uh, we, we get it. So it was, in other words, it's one of those things where they didn't care so much about their riches, and so they had a totally different relationship with Gashmias than most normal people. Okay, so Revelazim and Padas was exceedingly poor. Avon Milta. So once he was doing bloodletting, but he was so poor and hungry, and he had nothing to eat. After bloodletting, it's really important to eat because obviously that could be very, right, um, uh, weakening. So Shakal brought his summa. He takes one clove of garlic. That's basically all he has. Vishadi bipuma. He puts it in his mouth and chashlebiyavanim, and sort of like he grows faint and passes out. Also, Rabbanon Shiyulibe. So the Rabbanon are going to visit him, see what's up with uh, with Rabbi Lazim and Pedas. Also, Rabbanon. So Chaziu de Kabachi v'Chayich. So they see in his sleep while he's in this like passed out state, he keeps laughing and crying. And furthermore, they see like um, a ray of light coming out from his forehead somehow. Finally, he comes to Kihisar, so he regains consciousness in Amalei, and they ask him, my time what was all this laughing and crying in your sleep? Do you remember what was going on, what you were laughing and crying about? So Amalei, yes. I'm sitting with Hashem. And I said to him, how long am I going to continue to suffer? In Right, as we said before, Rabchanina ben Dosa, so too, Rabbi Pedas. The whole world, right, was kind of like uh, focused on him, the one guy in the corner that's poor that you don't know anything about. He, he would create the whole world anew in order to recreate the world order to make Rabbi uh, Pedas rich if that's what he wanted. So <clears throat> he said, if I created the world anew, after the Mishyal, the the Mizone. It's a funny way that he said it. Maybe you would have born in a time of prosperity instead of, right, famine. It wasn't really so much there was a famine necessarily everywhere around, right? But it would just be you born in a different time, different place, different time, in a time of abundance, perhaps in the, right, 21st century uh, in America, and you'd, you'd have food, and you'd have, whatever, seven mile. Okay. So So I said to him, this is still Rabbi Lazim Padas explaining his dream, Kule Hai Efsher, you're going to do all of this and still it'll only be for like a Efsher, right? Just for like the possibility. So Amrilai, so I said to Hashem, let's, let's figure this out. Should we do this? He says, have I already lived the greater part of my life or do I still have more? In other words, am I more, am I middle aged literally or more than past the halfway mark? So Amrilai, the chayis. Now you're you're past you're past the halfway point. So Amri Lakame in Kain So I said to Hashem, you know what? It, it's you know, we could retrace this and figure out at which point he's laughing, which point he's crying, but the Gemara doesn't really tell us. But this is the exchange nonetheless. Anyway, he says, You know what? If I'm already halfway, I can make it to the finish line. I'm fine. Uh, I've come this far, I can make it to the end. Don't bother uh, changing the whole world order just so that I have a more comfortable life. So Amarli, so Hashem really was impressed with this. And he said, As a reward for saying that you don't even need more than what you have, I'm going to give you all that in the world to come. What am I going to give you? 
place. Sorry, Naharvasa, the Mishcha, Farsimon, the Dachian, Kifris, Vidiglas. Thirteen rivers with balsam oil, as clear as the Euphrates and Tigris River. Deman Gas Behu. Now you're going to enjoy these thirteen rivers. Enjoy, um, right, the stuffing out of them in Olam Haba. So I'm ready like Kameh. So I said to him, Havi Visulo, I get thirteen rivers, that's all you got? Um, so Amrali, will Chavrach me, Avino, what am I going to give your friends? So, what do you mean, what am I going to give me friends? Amrali, I said to him, is abundance, right? What, you don't have a limited resources. I'm, I'm only asking the portion of those who don't have the privilege in the world to come. In other words, I'm only going to take from those who don't have world to come. It should be plenty. So at that point, when I made that point to Hashem, he loved that. And he kind of like flicked me with the fingers on his forehead, hence the sparks that they saw. He says, ah, Laza, that's a good one. You really struck me with your arrows with that one. That was a sharp one. Okay, <laughs> meaning that uh, that was a good point. I could give you more. You're right, you're right. But whatever, Hashem has his cheshbon. Um, 13 rivers of balsam oil seemed like just the right amount for Hashem. We don't know Hashem's uh, cheshbon. Plus, it's a dream. And be that as it may, that was the uh, exchange that, that he had with, um, with uh, Hashem. Okay. The lessons therein, right? Again, the whole idea of if you're mistapik Bamuat, there's more coming in Olam Haba. Fine. Let's go to Rav Chama Bar Hanina. He Gazer Tanisa. He was Gazer Tainus. This is back to Masechus Tainus. When the Gadol would be Gazer Tainus and either rain would come or not, sometimes it would reflect on him, sometimes on his community, etc. So let's see. Vlo Asimitra. In that case, the rain didn't come. So Amrulai. Ah, by Rishub and Levi, Gazer Tanisa, Vasimitra. Even Rishub and Levi was Gazer, the rains came. So Amrulai. Ha, ha, bar Levi. What's the comparison? Right? Uh, he, I'm, I'm me. And he is Rabbi Shubin Levi, the son of Levi. He is a big goddle, so I'm related. Then they say, right? So he says, well, he's still alive. Tell him to come. Then he covered Daitin. He could daven, and then we'll get some rain. After the Savrezibur Levayu. Maybe people, if he came, maybe just his presence would break the stubbornness in their Libayu, in their hearts, and they'll, and they'll say Mitra, and the rains will come. So, Ban Rachme Vlasa Mitra. So, they prayed for mercy, but the rain still didn't come. So, Amalahu, Nicha Lechushiava Matar Bishvilenu. Do you think should the rain would come in our merits? Amalahan. He said, Yes, we should. I'm sorry, he said to them, Do you think the rain should come? And they said, Yes. So, he looked at the sky and said, Come on, cover your face with clouds, please. Loi kasi, but this, it didn't work. The, the clouds didn't cover with clouds. So Amar kama azin pnei rakia. So then he yelled out, "Oh, how brazen is the face of the sky!" And he kasev yasamitra, and the sky became overcast. And sure enough, the rain came. In other words, he was uh, he was indicating to the sky that they didn't, uh, as Rashi explains, they they weren't listening to the klal. In other words, once he put it in the schus of the klal, so that worked. You see, we always see if you have the right intentions, it works fine. And that was Rabbi Shua. Uh, so that was in the case of Rechamim Barchanina. Now Rabbi Shub and Levi, that was Rabbi Shub and Levi. Levi himself once did the following. Levi Gazer Tainis of Lo Mitra. So his father once was Gazer Tainis, and the rain didn't come. And Amar Lafanus, so he said before Hashem, Rebbe Shalom, Alisa ve'Yishafta b'Marom. We already learned this uh, story by the way, Masechah Sukkah, as you'll see. You're setting up on high. Ve'Ena Tamarachal b'Necha, but you don't have mercy on your children. Also Mitra. So then the rain came be'Itla. But Levi, uh, uh, as a consequence of this disrespectful saying, right? It's one thing to say to the sky that you should listen to Kal Yisrael. But here, right, he's saying 
Tashem, right? He's being disrespectful to Hashem. He's saying, you're up there having a good time and you're not having Rachmim and your children. So sure enough, it rained. However, Be'itla, Reb Levi became um, crippled from this. Right? A person can't cast complaints to a complaint box in heaven. Because we see that Levi himself, when he was complaining directly to Hashem, being a complainer doesn't really work that way. And he himself suffered the consequence of becoming um, lame because of it. Umanu Levi. And who was this? Uh, who was this Adam Gadol, rather? Levi. That was the case that we just read of Levi. I, the Gemara asked, I, we learned in Masech of our Garmalai, that we caught, what caused it? We talked about davening, that Levi was demonstrating kida. What's kida? It's a form of bowing where you do a face plant, where you stick your face first into the ground. Levi was demonstrating that in front of Rebbe and like basically uh, blew out his hip and became lame from that. So we say no. Yeah, in other words, why did he blow out his hip? He might have been able to survive the face plant had it not been for the fact that he lost his merit right when he did the, uh, the aforementioned act. In other words, when he complained to Hashem, Hashem said, okay, next time uh, I'll remember that. And then when he did the face plant, he became lame. And so it seemed like there was a correlation, but the causation may have been his initial complaint to Hashem that caused that injury. Okay. <clears throat> More rain stories, yes? Rabbi Chiyabar Lulaini Shaminu Lahana Hanani Dekamri. He heard some clouds saying to each other, Let's go give water to Amunamav. Rabbi Chiyah said to Hashem, Right? When you gave the Torah, so you asked all the other nations, and you went to them first, and they didn't accept it. So, right? Torah is Torah, but rain is Gashmir. Now when you're giving out the Matar, so let the rain pour first in Israel. Right? In other words, those who rejected the Torah, they shouldn't be the ones to get the rain. Why are you bringing the rain to Amun and Moab? You should bring the rain to those who accepted the Torah. Right? To Israel. And his parents answers, clouds poured their rain and they moved from Amun and Moab over to Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Another story about this. Dorish Abhir Bar Lulaini, right? He was Dorish as follows. Right? The famous Pasuk, right, that we say in Tehillim, that the um, Tzaddik should grow like a Tamar, but he should also flourish like grow, and grow tall like an Erez. So which is it? Which is it? A Tamar, a, a cedar, or a date palm? So, so he has to be both, says the Gemara. answered, If it only said Tamar, as we finally turn to Chafayim and Beis at 6.15 a.m., Ein Gizo Machlif. Well, the Tamar date, see these are skinnier uh, lines here. Whew, just like the date, the, uh, the trunk of a date doesn't regenerate, you would have thought, right, we say, so you think, that a tzaddik also doesn't regenerate if it's only a tamar. That's just an eres that does that. Chach nemar eres. That's why we say eres. But however, nemar eres, v'lo nemar tamar, So in other words, an eres regenerates but doesn't grow fruit. A tamar doesn't regenerate but it does grow fruit. Chach nemar tamar v'nemar eres. That's why you have both the tamar and the eres in the pasuk, right? And by the way, it fits the pasuk, right? Ketzadik tamar ifrach. Ifrach is grow fruit, 
and carries Lavanoni, he's gay. He's gay, he's grow tall, regenerate. Okay? So we see that one grows fruit, the other regenerates, and a tzaddik does both. As a detail, the Gemara then asks, is it true that an Erez regenerates? We had a Braisa that said that if you take a tree, right, agriculture now, we had meteorology, now we're having straight up agriculture here. If you take a tree from your buddy and to cut it down, right, how do you do it? You cut it down and you use the wood to replant it. So what do you do? You have to leave at least one tefach of the trunk above the ground if it cotates. Why are you doing that? Because you want it to regenerate. So you only need one tefach for an elan to regenerate. How about besadon shikma, sycamore, sigma, right? So that's shnei tefachim. You need two tefachim for it to regenerate. How about shikma? It's called a virgin sycamore tree. Shloshet tefachim. So for that you need three tefachim, meaning a sycamore tree that had not ever been cut before. Once it's cut, you need a little bit less because it's used to regenerating more. Okay, how about economy ukfanim? Reeds and vines? Only from the first, uh, above the first knot. However, when you have date palms and cedars, you have to what? Dig the entire thing out. Because why? Because an Erez doesn't regenerate. I see it from the Bryce. Does an Erez regenerate or not? So the Gemara says, no. Yeah, there's all kinds of Erez trees. In fact, as he said, ten types of Erez trees. Right, I'll put a cedar and a acacia tree and a myrtle tree. We already talked about this. We already mentioned uh, in previous Kamara in Rosh Hashanah, right, that, that all the Rabbi Baravuna mentioned all of the different types of errors, that they were all considered errors in order to answer, right, a different Shaila. And so we bring back that, um, that, that learning, uh, that idea uh, here again. Of Rabbi Baravuna to answer up that some Erez trees apparently regenerate and some do not. And that answers the steer and the Braisa. Obviously, we're, when we say Tzadik at the Mari Frach, Erez, we're talking about the type of Erez tree that does, in fact, regenerate. Okay. Fine. More, story, more rain stories. Oh, back to real Tainus here, right? You have your series of three and three and seven, right? Uh, for a total of 13 Tainus, it's the maximum. And after the maximum number of fasts, lo yarduk shamim. Bachron etchilat zibur latzeis. Ah, on the last fast, the whole zibur is dejected. And Amalheimer, but Leazar said to them, "Tikantim kvar latzmechem." Very morbid indeed. He said, "All right, guys, we're cooked. <laughs> we're not getting rain. Did you get your? Did you everybody have their cemetery plots ready? Oh boy, that was depressing. Go kolam bebichia. All of a sudden, they start bursting out crying. Biyarduk shamim. Sure enough, that always works. The rains fall when the gates of tefillah sometimes are closed. The gates of, of Dema'os remain open. The tier, gates of tears are always open. Classic Ne'ilah's um, sermon. Anyway. So he went, right, to Bishleach Tzibur, and he said those extra brachos that you say in Shemun for a total of 24 when you have the terrible fasts. But he wasn't answered. Yard Rabbi Kiva Achorav. So Rabbi Kiva said, okay, let me go down and daven. He started saying, Avinu Malkeinu. You're the only king for this. Have compassion on us, Lamancha, right? The Lashon of Ravinu Malkeinu. The rains came. Everybody starts talking. Lashon Hara against Rabbi Eliezer, right? What's this? Rabbi Eliezer can't be answered. Rabbi Kiva does. Yes, the Baskol Vramra. So Rabbi Baskol always comes out to defend Rabbi Eliezer. 
Baskal is like his wingman here. It's not because Rabbi Yehuda is necessarily not as great as Rabbi Akiva. Not a great thing, but you know, Rabbi Eliezer is not Maivir Al-Midosav. Rabbi Akiva was Maivir Al-Midosav. We see the incredible Goranowitz Muslim moment, the power of if you're over Al-Midosav, meaning, right, over Al-Midosav means, right, if somebody, um, right, you never, if somebody um, does something to you, you look the other way. The tremendous chus of doing that in that merit, Rabbi Kiva, was answered even more in Rabbi Eliezer. Okay, so Tanar Rabbanan. So now more halachic applications of Tainus. How much rain do you have to have that you stop fasting? Mayor holds the depth of the blade of the plow, right? Yeah, if you have dry soil, dry soil you can have one tefach. Medium soft soil, two. And loose plowed soil, three. In other words, the same amount of rain would penetrate, right, whether it's dense and dry or loose, a different amount. It sounds like it would be the same sort of amount of rain um, and would penetrate one, two, or three tfachim depending on how loose the soil was. Okay. Tanya. So we learned the Bryce. This is wild stuff over here. We have Rashi. Notice we don't have Tosos here. So we have Rashi on both sides of the column. And he's trying to explain on the bottom of the right column, where Tosos normally would be, um, that, that really when you have the Tfachim, I don't know, you know how this would work in terms of earth science, but somehow, even though, as Rashi explains, there's a big, vast amount of land between the inner waters and the outer waters, somehow they are uh, connected, whereby the outer waters, when they sink a certain amount, the inner waters rise a certain amount. I've on a ton of We learn a different brisa that the waters rise, not shloshet tfachim, but two tfachim up to meet the one tefach per water. That's the ratio. So the Gemara says, lokash, you can't avuda, can't avuda. Yeah, it depends, right? Because if you have the plowed soil, so then it's going to go up uh, three tfachim, if it's unplowed soil, so it also affects how much it comes down from the bottom, and then it's going to be only two tfachim. Okay. A fascinating related idea of the tahayim. The tahayim is the deep waters. So the deep waters is deep indeed. We don't really know what's going on. But we have sources that during the Nisu Hamayim on Sukkis, the deep waters, so to speak, say to one each other the following. Gush forth your waters. I hear the voice of two friends. The two friends in allusion to the Nisu Hamayim and Nisu Chayayin, as we describe in Sechas Yuma, the nostrils, right, of the Mizbeach, the two holes where we pour the water and the, right, the wine. This is a puzzle to Hillim that we reinterpret to mean that the deep waters to the deep waters call to each other. I hear the, the roar of your tzinoraich, of your pipes, right? Your channels are calling out. So, meaning the Nisuchamayim and Nisuchayayin tubes, right? That plumbing. Amar Rabba, remember we had Machlokas, is, is, are they the same aperture? Okay. Amar Rabba, Ladidi Chazili Lahayri Day. I saw a vision of the angel Vidya. He looks like a calves, his lips are parted. And he stands. This is an angel that stands between the upper and lower waters. To the upper waters, he says, Sprinkle down your waters. And to the lower waters, he says, Gush forth upwards. So he's telling the upper waters to go down, lower waters to go up. This is a famous Pazakin Shir Hashirim. 
The Nitzanim are the blossoms seen in the land. You see how it's hermeneutically interpreted to make a reference in, an, in a roundabout way to, if you listen to the rest of the Pasuk, that's the Hemshech of that Pasuk. So who's the Zamir? It's this angel that's singing, telling those, uh, telling those waters to reach each other. So now, So where we're we reaching now is the last skinny line in the bottom of Chavchevim Beis. We started to do some catch-up indeed with the extra 10 minutes. I feel confident, Baruch Hashem, but, uh, but, but guarded confidence, of course, humble but confident. Uh, and so we're, tomorrow we're going to continue that uh, the deadline, as we already discussed in the Mishnah, where if you have uh, your prayers answered, by a certain time in the day, whether it's Nates or Chatzos or the ninth hour, then you no longer need to pray because Hashem answered our prayers. And speaking of which, we have to start our prayers now. May Hashem answer all of our prayers.